Hi, my name is Darren. I'm the founder of Coaching Young Athletes, a blog and a podcast that is dedicated to helping you become a better coach, instructor, or sports parent. Now, today, I want to talk about the fundamentals that will help make kids faster. I'm going to give you some ideas and some tips and tricks about how I coach young athletes to run. Because I'm regularly asked as a track and field coach what type of training kids should do for a particular sprint or running event. Now, my approach to coaching is that I like to teach the fundamentals first. Coaches, I believe, often forget or fly past the fundamentals. So therefore, when I'm asked about how a kid should train for a specific event like the 100 or the 200 or the 400 or the 800 metres, I tell people that kids should first learn the basics of running and the basics of accelerating and take part in broad age-appropriate speed and power and speed endurance activities before they practice for a specific event. With my coaching, I try to give kids the ability to run any event. So my broad philosophy is to build a base, build a solid framework prior to getting too specific or practicing for a particular event. Right, let's get into it. I'm going to speak about what I'm going to term today my coaching curriculum for running. I'm going to broadly outline the curriculum that forms the running part of my coaching program for young athletes. Now, obviously, appropriate adjustments need to be made according to the age and experience of the athlete. Now, probably my main focus when it comes to coaching, running or sprinting is the athlete's running technique. There are three areas that I focus on when it comes to running technique. Let me go through these. The first is the athlete's posture. And the focus when I'm working on a young athlete's posture are the following things. Number one, I encourage the athlete to run tall with high hips. I like the athlete to be leading the running action with their belly button or an imaginary belt buckle. So they're up nice and tall, leading with their belt buckle. But in saying this, you have to make sure the athlete doesn't lean back at all while they're sprinting. Sometimes when you ask an athlete to get up nice and tall, they will tend to lean back. So we wanna just keep them up straight so there is no lean back. Now a tall posture allows the athlete a full range of leg movement and a lighter, faster action. It is actually common for kids to run in a sitting position with their hips back and with low hips. Low hips, or if a young athlete is leaning forward in a sitting position, restricts the leg action and can lead to heavy and slow movements. So a tall posture is important. Now the arm action. The focus when I'm coaching the arm action is for the athlete to have steady shoulders with no side-to-side -side swing or twisting. They have their hands lightly closed, not squeezed closed 
or stiff and open. I like to get the athletes to use a downwards and backwards driving of the arms, a downwards and backwards driving on the, of the arms rather than an upwards and forwards action. And you often do see this, particularly when young athletes are leaning back when they sprint. I, when I'm coaching the arms, I don't want to see any crossing over of the hands across the body's midline. This may cause a twisting of the shoulders and an equal and opposite reaction of a twisting of the lower body. So no crossing of the hands over the body's midline. As the athlete swings their arm forwards and backwards, I like to see a slight opening and closing of the elbow angle on the backwards and forwards swing of the arm. Now traditionally, and for many years, I was always taught that the elbow stays at 90 degrees, but this seems to be going a little bit out of fashion and that the elbow does open and close a little bit on the backwards and forward swing of the arms. And finally, the leg action. The focus of a running or sprinting leg action for me is a high knee, high stepping action. I like to see the feet dorsiflexed, in other words, pulled back towards the shins, in a laces towards the shins position, in a toes towards the top of the shoes position. I also like to see young athletes, and I think this is really important, that they run with their feet, their toes pointing forward. It is very common for young kids to point their feet out to the side or splay their feet when they sprint. Stand in front of a sprinter, watch them, and try to encourage them or coach them to run with their toes pointing forward. To achieve a nice high-stepping knee and foot action, I ask the kids to imagine that they are running through shallow water and that they need to step over the water rather than drag their feet through it. But overall, when it comes to running technique, a smooth, balanced, efficient technique is my first priority. Let's now talk about the second part of my running coaching curriculum and that is acceleration and starts. Now within an acceleration and starting curriculum, I like to work on three things. Acceleration technique, the athlete's power, and also their race starting technique. Now let's first talk about the acceleration technique. Now the focus when I coach acceleration technique is this. As a young athlete is accelerating, I look for a forward lean from ankle to ears. Now this can be taught in a static position with an athlete leaning up against a fence or a wall, but a forward lean from ankle to ears, which then it transfers into when they do accelerate from a standing start, a crouch start, or whatever start they're using. I like to see an athlete's eyes down over the first few steps. It is so common for young athletes to accelerate looking up towards the finish line or with their head up. So we teach eyes down. Of course, this can also be taught in a static position first. In fact, I do prefer doing it that way. I like to teach the athlete that while their eyes are down, they should imagine that all the power is coming out of the top of their head over the first few steps. So if you can combine the coaching cues of eyes down and power coming out of the top of your head, that can often 
get them into a very good leaning forward acceleration position. Many young athletes also use a, a very limited arm action when, when they accelerate. So I like to teach them a very big extended arm action. So in summary, a forward lean from ankles to ears, eyes down over the first few steps, all the power coming out of the top of your head and a big arm action. Once this is achieved, the athlete doesn't then just pop up and start sprinting. It is a slow rise into a, a tall position for sprinting. Again, many young athletes make the mistake of eyes down and then suddenly pop up into the tall position where they will then lose some of the uh, advantage they've gained from that initial good position. So that's the first thing, acceleration technique. The second thing is power. Now, I like to use a variety of activities that will help kids become more explosive, and these do have to be age appropriate. But I love things such as standing long jumps into a sand pit. I love doing explosive medicine ball throws. I really like doing, and I know the kids enjoy doing starts and fun races from various positions, not just standing, but lying, sitting, kneeling, all different things like that. And they really enjoy the fun aspect of all different types of races and running games over short distances. These will all help develop their explosive power skills. And of course, as a track and field athletics coach, as required, I will teach the kids race starting technique according to their age and their developmental stage. And this may include a standing start, a crouch start, or even a start out of blocks. So within the acceleration and starting curriculum, we work on acceleration technique, the athlete's power, and their race starting technique. Part three of my running coaching curriculum is working on an athlete's maximum speed, the maximum speed at which they can run. And I do this by giving the kids opportunities to run at their top speed over short distances with good recoveries. You can't train for maximum speed when you are tired. So on all of the repetitions that the kids do for maximum speed, they must feel fresh and have recovered from the previous effort. To train maximum speed, I like to use flying starts. And what I mean by flying starts is the athlete might jog, skip, whatever up to a point and then run at their top speed for a short distance. So they might jog and build up speed over 10 to 20 meters. As soon as they hit a certain marker, they maximally sprint for 15 to 30 meters. So 10 to 20 meters in, 15 to 30 meters sprint. Now that short distance might surprise some people, but you can only hold a maximum speed if you're training for maximum speed for a short amount of time. You don't train for maximum speed by running 100 meters or 200 meters. Remember, we're talking about the top speed that athletes can run and they can only be held for a short amount of time. So a flying start, for example, with a 
10 to 20 meter run in and build up of speed followed by a 15 to 30 meter full out sprint and then the space to slow down after that is the is a great way and a really effective way of building a young athlete's ability to run fast part four of my running coaching curriculum is to work on a young athlete's speed endurance now I want to make it really clear that speed endurance has to be so age appropriate. In fact, I only coach kids in speed endurance from 11 years of age and older. I do not work on speed endurance for kids any younger than that. So what is speed endurance? Speed endurance is the ability for a young athlete to maintain their speed over a distance. Now, to develop this capability, as I said, in kids 11 years of age and older, I use repetition runs over a moderate distance with good technique, rhythm, and balance. An example of a speed endurance session that I think appropriate, is appropriate for young athletes is to run three 150 metres with three minutes recovery between each. Now, what that means is this. A young athlete will run 150 metres on a track at about a 7 out of 10 speed at about 70%. They must be holding good technique. They must be balanced. They must look smooth. When they get to the finish line of the 150 metres, they have a three minutes rest walking back to their starting point, and then they do it again. And they have a three minutes rest, and then they do it again. And that is their speed endurance training but it must be done with good technique and controlled technique. Now, my approach to speed endurance training may seem mild compared to what some coaches program. Remember, like I said, firstly, I don't program any speed endurance for kids under the age of 11. And when I do conduct speed endurance training, the focus is more on helping the athletes learn to maintain speed with a smooth, efficient technique than it is on running the legs off the kids. I don't push the kids when it comes to speed endurance training. As far as I'm concerned, anybody can make kids tired. My job is to make them better. So the distances and the speeds and the repetitions are only very gradually increased in very small increments once they become comfortable with doing the speed endurance training that I've given them. And this is only done once I am convinced that the kids can hold their speed and technique comfortably with the current load that I'm giving them. So just to make it clear again, I don't program any speed endurance activities for kids under the age of 11. And it is mild and it focuses more on technique and balance and it is certainly not run at a maximum speed over the distance that I give them. So in summary, my running coaching curriculum consists of teaching reliable technique, acceleration and starting skills, and developing power, maximum speed, and speed endurance qualities. Technique is my first priority, with speed endurance being the lowest priority. 
And this is all underpinned by the philosophy that the fundamentals must come first. I wonder if you, if you agree with this or if there's anything that you think should be added to a good running coaching curriculum. Now, these are just my ideas, but I'm very happy to hear yours. Let me know by leaving a comment or a message. You can contact me through the Coaching Young Athletes blog, which is at coachingyoungathletes.com. And there is also an associated Coaching Young Athletes Facebook page, which is very interactive, and you can leave comments there also. I love speaking with you today. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you again next time.